Welcome to the belated Spirit of Prophecy Church. We want to let you know it is not our fault. As a matter of fact, heroes jumped in at the last second to even bring it to you this morning because our regular internet provider is dead this morning. I don't know that the person's dead, but the internet was dead. So we had to jump through all kind of hoops at the last second, but here we are about seven or eight minutes late. So with what we went through to get this on to you this morning, hopefully it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it, right? Yes, okay. very, very. <laughs> Our topic this morning is give it up. Michelle Harrison is going to be speaking to us. Lord, we ask for you to give Michelle your anointing and help you to fill her mouth and her heart with the words to say and help us to receive them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so it's called What We Need to Give Up to Be Closer to God. In other words, we're talking about worldly things. Is it going to? It's not going. Doug's messing with things back there. <laughs> oh, now it's gone. Okay. So we'll just get it without it. I can do this. Right. I can do this. There we go. Okay, so it says, why should we give up our worldly things? Christians are supposed to love Christ more than we love those worldly things. It's a fact. So we need to say, I don't want this life anymore. I don't want these worldly things because they just drag us down and they keep us from being closer to God. We're supposed to say, I hate sin because we're supposed to. You know, I don't want to live for earthly possessions anymore. There's a lot of things I've given up because I don't want to live that way anymore. I'd rather be more for Christ than a game, a book, a movie, a TV show. Um, you know, God's granted us your repentance. That's why we always have to repent because we sin daily. Whether we try not to, it still happens. Um, I put on there, it's not going to be easy because it's not easy giving up the things that we like. It's, it's, you know, they're fun to us. It's, it's a comfort. Uh, the games we play, certain TV shows we watch, books, things we know we shouldn't have anything to do with. Um, prime example, David and I were talking about this not too long after we were married. I sat down to watch an old 70s TV show. I thought, this doesn't gonna hurt. It had the word devil in it. I didn't think anything about it. It had been on TV years ago. And I started watching the actors, you know, the, the little titles come up. And all of a sudden, this name popped up, and I paused it. It was Anton LaVey's name, and he was the technical advisor. And so I looked, and I hollered at David. He was in the other room. I said, I can't watch this. I can't even have this on my TV in my house. It, I mean, it shocked me. <laughs> it really did. So I turned it off, and I didn't watch it, and I put it away. So they sneak things in on you when you don't think they're there. It's like Hulu came up with a TV series, and you know they stream all of it at one time. And so David and I thought, well, we'll check out the first couple episodes, see what it's like. And we watched the first two episodes. They were good. The third one was called Ball. And we both looked at each other and went, nope, <laughs> we can't watch this either. So it, it, was, it was no problem for us to turn it off because it was what we were supposed to do. You don't watch those things. You don't let those things come into your life. <clears throat> and then it's, uh, which way are we walking? Are we walking for the world? Or are we walking for Christ? You need to think about that one. Where, which way are we walking? We have a change of mind about everything, and it, we get a new direction when we walk with Jesus. It says getting to know Christ more and spending time with him causes the worldliness in our lives to fade. We don't desire those things anymore. Once we get rid of them and you get Christ in your life, you don't want those things. I used to be a serious, serious gamer. I played 
World of Warcraft for many years, and I mean, I was playing it a lot. And then one day I decided, I can't play this anymore. I don't want this. This is not productive for me. It's not getting me where I need to be. It was dragging me back into the world. And so we need to ask ourselves, do I want this or do I want God? Well, the answer should be, I want God, obviously. Uh, if we want the Lord, then guess what? The world doesn't want us. They fight us all the time. They, you know, they put us down. They, you know, diss us, diminish us. But we can't live in that world. We have to live for Christ. It's not easy, but we still do it. And besides, we don't want the world anyway. We really don't want it. So we have to keep walking in His directions or His direction. We have to keep our eyes on the prize. I know we've all heard that as kids. Keep your eyes on the prize. Well, guess what? He's the prize. We get to win him at the end. <laughs> says, don't look back. Everything we need is with Christ and not in the world. Don't be Lot's wife and have to turn around and look back because guess what? You're going to turn to salt or you're going to go back to the ways of the world and sinning and it's not good for you. Um, loving the world leads to destruction. It leads to addictions. It leads to things that we should not be involved in, you know, witchcraft, things that we should not look at. Um, the verses I have up here are, If he be risen with Christ, seek those things that are, which are above, which Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affections on things above and not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then we shall also appear with him in glory. That's where I want to be. I don't want to be in the world left behind. Mm -mm. That's not what I want. And then, of course, we have up here, do not love the world. Don't. I mean, you know, it basically says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, then the love of the Father is not in him. I mean, that pretty much just states it right there. It says, for all that is in the world, the lust of flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So if we're doing the will of God, then we get to be around forever. We get to be around for a long time. But if you're doing the will of the world, guess what? You're not going to be around very long. It leads to things that, that destroys your body, destroys your soul, and it's just not good. Of course, we have do not conform. You know, they always try to get us to conform with the, and we don't do that. We don't want to do that. A lot of us are pure-blood, as we call it. Um, it says, be not conformed to this world, but you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And you may prove what is, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So when we need to renew ourselves and not conform, how do we renew ourselves? Well, we read our Bible. We pray. We fellowship like-minded people. That renews us and recharges us so that we don't want to go back to the world. We seek to stay within our circle or with our people and bring more people in. What are the things of the world? There's your list. And that's probably just a little drop in the bucket. But it's porn, alcohol, drugs, living in sin, things that will tempt you to not walk with God and lead to sin. Why do we want these things? Because it's a pleasure in that moment. It's like when we get that candy bar, and we've been wanting that candy bar, and you eat that thing, and then when you're done, you're like, man, I wish I had another one. That's what that is. You know, man, I played this game. I can't wait to play another one. I watched this movie that had occult stuff in it. I want to watch another one. No, don't do that. Because that only harms us that it takes us away from God. So we have a choice to make. Do we want to 
stay there in the world or do we want to stay with God? I love that one. It says, Beloved, it says, don't be surprised. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as something strange, or no, as, which, as though something strange happened to you. I don't know why, but I just loved it. I thought it was kind of funny, but it's like, don't be surprised when we start going through things because we're, you know, not where we're supposed to be. And then I put this little guy in here and this says, what's holding you back from your walk with Christ and getting closer with him? Think about it. Because what we're going to do here in a little bit is we're going to do a prophetic act that lets him know we mean business and we're going to get rid of these things that are holding us back. It may be only one thing that you want to put away. It may be a whole list of things you want to put away, but you have to put them away. <laughs> why put things, why put your trust in things that can harm you? You know, we all seen the lottery winners, right? They win and they win big, but a lot of times they waste that money. Now they may take care of family first, but then they still have all this money and they're like, what am I going to buy today? You know, I've watched, uh, Dave and I have watched a couple of guys that are urban explorers. And what they do is they go into these abandoned houses of the rich, and some of them are old houses, some of them are fairly new, and they'll go in these houses, and there's stuff left behind in there, statues, furniture, all kinds of stuff that's worth tons of money, but they left it behind because they could just write it off. Well, why spend all your money on junk that you're just going to leave behind? That doesn't make any sense. To me, anyway, it doesn't. You know, it's only waste yourself, you know, wasted on frivolous stuff. And it says, be, that they, be they that will be rich, fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and lustful hearts, which drown men in a destruction and perdition. So some of these people who are rich and have, seem to have everything, they really don't because they're living in sin. They've got set in their lives. They're of the world. They're not of God. In other words, they... They just, they've got so much money, they don't care. There was a lady I saw a video on, on YouTube, and she was talking about how she just bought her first electric vehicle and how she loved driving past the gas stations and not having to stop for gas. And I'm like, boy, lady, are you out of touch? You know, we're not plebes. We're not people to walk under your feet just because you don't have to buy gas. But that's okay. You can keep your money because we know where you're going anyway, and the money won't go with you. So the things that, that harm us are our addictions and destruction behavior and living in sin or not being married. Um, destructive behavior is probably one of the worst ones that gets us every time. And those are the things of, of the porn, using drugs, being in a circle of people who are not going to, that are going to drag you down and not lift you out of the, the slum and the, the slur and everything that you're in. They need to, you need to be lifted out of that and not pulled back down. Come on, there we go. Uh, these are the work of the flesh. It says, now that the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emotion, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, and heresies, envying murders, drunkenness, reveling, and such lie of the which I tell you, therefore, as I also told you in the time past, they that do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That pretty much tells you right there that if you're doing those things and you know people that are doing those things, they're not going to go to heaven. They're not going to be part of God. In other words, they're, they're a part of the world. They're doing those things that are definitely not good for you. 
the witchcraft. We see a lot of hatred in the world, don't we? A lot of it. And we shouldn't be seeing that. We're all supposed to love each other, but we have to put putting each other against each other. That's the problem. Don't envy others. I have an issue sometimes of envying others. I hate it, and I don't like it. I have to fight with that all the time. Uh, Proverbs says, Let not thine heart envy sinners, but be thou in the fear of the Lord all the day long. Okay. Being, and then Proverbs says, Be thou not envious against evil men, neither desire to be with them. For their heart studieth destruction, and their lips talk of mischief. I used to envy the celebrities. But the more and more I find out about Hollywood, or Hollywood as Stan calls it, the more and more I find out about it and see these people, the more I realize they are not of God. They are sick, twisted, perverse people that have, they're so out of touch with reality that, I don't know if they're, hmm? Sorry. He's agreeing. It's okay. But they're so out of touch that it's going to be hard for them to come back because they're so far into the world, they may never come back. You know, you just pray for them and keep going. You know, they, they like to have these trials like when we just had aired all their dirty laundry. Who cares? Fix yourself and then go on with your life. We don't need it. We're not a part of your life, but you're, you know, you're bringing us into it. We don't need it. Um, many only believe that being rich, beautiful, rich and beautiful, and they don't value love, especially it's God's love. If you watch Hollywood, they're always, who's, who's, Who's in this person's room? And who's in this person? Who's dating this person? It's worse than high school. It really is. And they don't, there's a few, a few of them, the older Hollywood, the ones from the golden era, that are still actually married to these same women. But these people, they marry, like blowing your nose on a Kleenex just constantly. That's that's what I I want to see. It's like, okay, I'm done with this one. But, you know, I mean, that's what I liken it to is that because you're not faithful to your spouse and you're not happy with what they're doing, especially if you're a celebrity, you're just going to toss them away and go find you somebody new. They probably don't any better than what you just had. Um, Don't envy others. Envying people of the world like celebrities and lifestyle is a waste of time. It takes the focus of of what we really should be doing. And what we really should be doing is walking for Christ. And not worrying about them, what's going on with them, what's going on with the world. Because, yes, it's okay to keep up with it, but don't let yourself sink down into it. Because it will drag you down. It will drag you down. It says, where should our focus be? It's supposed to be on God and our walk with him. Helping the lost to find God. Giving those hopeless people hope with God. It says, if we lose focus, then we are not walking in the word or in the spiritual. And I love the little picture because walking with God is a daily adventure. He's like my version of Dora the Explorer. <laughs> you know, every time you open your Bible and you start reading or you listen to it, you find something new and you hear it and you're like, ooh, I like this. I got to write this down. We listen to the Bible in the mornings. And I love listening to it because I get tickled listening to some of it because it's like you're listening to it. You're like, well, why did you do that? And then a couple of verses later, you're like, oh, well, that's why they did that. So it's like a, a, an adventure with God every single day. And I love this one because it says, should we trust riches? The Bible says no. It says, he that trusteth in his riches shall fall, but the righteous shall flourish as a branch. So riches, you know, and I've heard Stan say it, it, it won't make you happy. 
Yes, it may help you, but it's not going to ultimately make you happy having all the money that you need to pay your bills and everything else. It won't make you happy. It'll make you comfortable, but it won't make you happy. And it says, watch where we're walking. So do you want to walk with the world or do you want to walk with God? I know where I want to walk. With God down the beach, that'd be great. It says, who wants to be rich in the Lord? It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, through that, though that he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. So I may be poor and not be able to pay my bills every now and then, but I'm rich in the Lord. I'm very rich and very blessed in the Lord. <laughs> it says, do some people seem more blessed than us? Sometimes I feel it, but I try not to because that's kind of an envy, jealousy thing. But it's like, do you know why they're more blessed than us? So they can bless other people. In other words, they're blessed enough so they can pass that blessing on and maybe save that person or maybe help them come with a breakthrough or cast off something that's on them. That's why they're blessed. It says, if we're faithful in the little things, we'll be faithful in the large ones. I love that. Because it's, sometimes it's not easy, but it, it is. And then there's days it's like, man, this is great. I may not have a loaf of bread to make sandwiches, but you know what? That's okay. I'll eat crackers instead. <laughs> you know? <laughs> but if we're dishonest in the little things, we won't be honest with the greater responsibilities that God gives us. So you have to be honest with him, but also be honest with yourself. Because if you're not, you're not doing, he's not going to give you more responsibility in order to grow his kingdom. In other words, what should we do? Stay out of the world. I know it's easy to say it, but you have to do it. You've got to stay away from these things, the fornication, the idolatry, the covenants. Those are just a few of the list. You cannot stay in the world. And it's, and it's easy to, to do it when you think to yourself, oh, this TV show's not going to hurt anything. But it does. And so I, I'm, I don't know why I got this in my head one day, but it was like going on a diet. You get rid of those things of the world, then you don't miss them. It's like, you know, I equate a really bad TV show to, you know, a piece of candy. Well, I don't want that TV show anymore, and I don't want that candy, so we'll just get rid of it. And I'm healthier for it, and I'm further with Christ with it than being in the world. So it's like I likened it to going on a diet. We give up the things of the world in order to further our walk with Christ. Instead of losing weight, we're losing things that are keeping us back from walking with God, basically. So <laughs> we're doing a prophetic act this morning, guys. I didn't know if y'all knew this or not. But I've got little cards at the end of the row. And what you're going to do is like now it's time to show him we mean business. And all, you, all I need you to do is just write down one thing. It doesn't have to be a list. Just one thing that you want to give up. It can be a TV show, a book. It could be a movies, you know, certain movies that you don't want to watch anymore. Write them down. We're going to throw them away later. But write them down. We'll just put them in the basket and we'll chunk them. That's our prophetic act. There you go. That's the way, yeah. Something we want to keep, but we know we need to give it up. There you go. Because trust me, it's not easy to give up certain things. It's really not. It's like the movies. You know, there's certain actors that, one of them, he passed away a few years ago, and he was one of the masters of the Hammer House movies, those old Dracula, Frankenstein. And I actually liked him as an actor. I thought he was great. He was married to the same woman all these years, which made me, you know, kind of respect him in that sense. But he had the largest occult library the largest so it makes you kind of wonder you know what he was into 
And so some of the movies he, were, he was in were very occultic, but others were not. It was just like Frankenstein, Dracula. To me, those are not as much into the occult they are, but not as like going out and, you know, worshiping the devil and doing all these rituals and things like that. There's just some that I cannot watch those old movies anymore because of that, because they're worshiping the devil. And they're hard, you know. It's like some of the Edgar Allan Poe stories. I love Edgar Allan Poe. But some of his stuff is very dark and very occulting, very dark. So all you have to do is just write down the one thing, and then you can toss it in the basket that lets God know that, hey, I'm giving this up because I want to walk more with you. It lets him know. And it's like Stan said, the things we want to keep, but we still need to give it up. <laughs> right. Exactly. You know, it's like my gaming. I, like gave up a, I gave up a lot of games. I don't sit and play games as much anymore because I have other responsibilities to do now. And there's, you know, like the movies. I don't watch certain movies anymore. I've cut those out. TV shows, I've cut those out because they're not furthering my walk with God. They're dragging me backwards. And I don't want to go backwards. I want to stick with him rather than them. Awesome, guys. And it says, how do we fight the world? Because it's not easy. We have to become fighters. But we fight it on our knees and on our face in the prayer closet. That's what you have to do. That's how you fight it, for pulling you back in. We have to be in his word every single day, and we pray. I pray a lot. I didn't used to be this way five years ago when I first started going here, but I pray to drop of a hat now and not even be bothered about who's around me. Because <laughs> it's kind of, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's just like, okay, well, let's pray. Let's do it. You know, and it feels like it works. I mean, it does, I mean, no, but it does work when we pray. It lifts things off of you. But this is how we fight the world. Oh, yeah, he's needs to put one in. <laughs> <laughs> He's doing his prophetic act. <laughs> but yeah, we're going to throw these away. We're not reading them or anything like that. They're just going to go directly in the trash. And let let's God know, we mean business. We're just going to get rid of these things, and they're not going to hold us back anymore. We also fight the world by putting on your armor every single morning. That's the first thing usually David and I do is when we wake up, we sit up, hug each other, and then when he says the prayer. We put on our full armor of God before my feet hit the floor. We have to. Because you get attacked immediately. As soon as that toe hits the floor, devil's on you. But if you pray before you get out, he can't touch you. He'll try, but he can't do it. <laughs> get prayed up and get armored up. And then anoint yourselves daily. David and I do this every single morning before we start work. We pray and anoint each other before we start because... It helps keep those people who are not very nice on the phones, especially when you're in customer service. It helps kind of funnel them out. We don't have as many problems when we pray every single day and we anoint each other. And so that's something we do every morning before work. Stay together, stay together. Yes, exactly. That's how we do it. And we pray a lot. I don't think I've ever prayed as much as I in my life before I started coming here. But since I've started coming here in five years, I really pray now. And I'm kind of proud of that fact because I used to be scared to do it. Yes, I do. I do. I get my prayers answered, and sometimes I'm really shocked when they get answered. I'm like, I didn't expect that. Well, thank you, Lord. It's kind of a surprise. It's like, woo, got a gift. And it says there will be attacks. Just when, you know, Jaws, just when you think it's safe to go back in the water, when you say think it's safe to go here, guess what? <laughs> He's still there. <laughs> He's going to try. It says the devil's always trying to drag us back, find ways to drag us back into the world. Do not buy what he's selling. That man is a liar. That devil is a liar and a cheat. Do not buy what he's selling, period. 
Like I said, you know, you think to yourself, well, this TV show won't be that bad. Wrong. Well, this movie, it, you know, it may have just a little bit, but still can't, no, you can't watch that. You know, this one little book might have a little bit of adult things in it. No, put that book away. Unless you just want to skim over it or tear those pages out, you know. It's, it always want, he always finds ways to want to lure you back, to pull you back in. You know, you have to be kind of like those old TV shows go, no, I don't want to go back. That's what you have, you have to kind of go, no, I'm sorry, but I'm not going back. You can do it either way. But, yeah, you don't, that's not where you want to be. You want to be with God. You definitely don't buy his stuff. And then we're, I'm kind of ending a little early. But ending with this, and I've already said it once before, it says, and be ye not transformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So in other words, be transformed by him and not by the world. Don't let it drag you back. You have to put these things aside because they do hold you back. You got to. Then, of course, you know, we have our little thing up there about you know, becoming a member of the church. Please join us. We want you there. We want you here. Come on to Plano. We want you. And then, of course, like, share, and subscribe. Get the little notification bell. You need to know when we're on and we're you know, bringing out things for you because this will help you. And then if you want to ask any questions of Stan or anybody in the church or any of the, the, mem- the leadership, you hit contact at prophecyclub.com and send them in. That's it. How'd you do? So, I'm going to add to her talk a little bit. You can stay up here if you want to. Okay. <laughs> so, if you were to go out in my car and turn it on right now, what do you think you'd hear? Mm-hmm. Well, what I would like for you to hear is Bible. But the little gizmo that plugs into my car that plays the Bible no longer works. And I have it, I've, I've run through two of them now. I can't seem to get it to work. And my tech support son is supposed to be down here this evening, and I'm going to see if I can get him to do it. But that's what's supposed to be playing. But if that's not playing, then what plays? The answer is nothing. Mm. Stan, you tell me you drive around your car all this time and you don't have anything on? No, I don't. Because my heart has changed, and that's a good thing, to the point to where I can't stand the things of the world. As soon as I start listening to anything, it's just, it's like fingers on a chalkboard to me. And yesterday, I had to go run an errand. Driving back, I thought, okay, I'm going to, what would I like to hear? Okay, what I'd like to hear is oldies. Mm-hmm. Okay, there's, there's <laughs> got to be some good old oldies. So I turned on, was listening to an oldies channel, and I mean, it wasn't 10 seconds into it. And I thought, that song said that? Was I not listening to this song a long time ago? Have you ever done that? (laughs) Was I not paying attention? Did I not understand what that song was saying? Did I not understand what that song meant? How can I listen to that? I can't believe I listened. I can't believe I listened to that song. And I knew all the words. I knew the, you know, the melody. All of a sudden it hit me. It's because that stand back in the 70s was in the world. When I was in the world, I liked the things of the world. And to me, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Now that I've come out of the world and the things of the world, 
that do so easily beset, as the Bible says. It's like fingers on a chalkboard. And now I see things, I understand things, I understand what that, that song was really all about. Words and phrases that we think are just fine when we're in the world. But when we're not in the world, we notice them. Like, have you ever been in a conversation and a person is going along and letting a cuss word slip out about one word per sentence and maybe you didn't even notice it? That shows you that you're in the world. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we went to watch Top Gun movie. The new Top Gun. By the way, if you have not seen it, it's better than the first one. It's really good. Everybody really, really likes it. <laughs> so as I get out of the car, I'm walking in. <clears throat> I drop Leslie off. And I'm parked. I get the two blankets. You take blankets into a movie theater. When you get a little older, you'll understand. <laughs> yes, we take blankets into the movie theater. We don't care what people think anymore because we get cold. Mm-hmm. So get the blankets. I'm walking in. And I started praying, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus over me and Leslie. Anything coming from this movie, no bad effects, help us to see. Because if, if, if a word is said, sometimes it's not even a word, sometimes it's an innuendo, or sometimes it can even be a look or a gesture that is really saying something really bad. So I prayed against those bad things coming to us as we're walking into the movie. What's really bad is when you get to the end of the movie and you didn't see anything bad in it. Okay, if you didn't see anything bad in it, that means that you were open and you received everything in the movie. Right? Mm -hmm. So it should be that if a word comes out that's not right, a gesture comes out that's not right, a little bit of skin shows that's not right, we ought to be able to see that, spot that. If we don't see that, then it goes into our subconscious mind and it's accepted. Right? So one of the things I prayed is help us to see and to stop anything that's bad in this movie. We ought to be praying that way. Mm-hmm. But we ought to be praying that way not just to movies, but all through life, all day long. Every day. We should be able to see when something Hollywood is trying to implement into mm-hmm. our life. We are being programmed all the time because the devil is the most subtle beast of the field. And if he can come into your life and plant subliminal messages, he will. No, no, no. He is <laughs> yeah. already coming into our lives and doing that. If we don't see it, then we accepted it. One of the things, I cannot watch commercials. I absolutely can't. Especially, no, all of them. I can't watch them. Because they flip. But, well, There's lots of reasons. But one is it flips, 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 flips. Do you know why it does that so often all the way through the the commercial? He said, keep you off guard. He's, He's trying to say it this way. Because when it flips so quick, your conscious mind does not have time to see what that is and to judge whether it's going to open the door and accept that or whether it's going to close the door. So when it flips, 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 flips like that, after a little while we get tired of judging, judging, judging. Do I receive that? Do I receive that? And finally we just do this. And then it just hits us. 
and it changes us. Everything, they say that everything we see, everything we hear is stored in our conscious mind. They say that we never forget a thing. Now maybe our conscious mind can't access it, but I'll assure you, everything is there, even when we're asleep. They say that people in a coma can actually hear. They'll wake up and they'll say, yeah, I, I heard everything. I, mm -hmm. it was, yeah, I heard everything, even when we're asleep. <clears throat> so try to imagine when we're awake, and in this 60-second commercial, they have 60 seconds or maybe 80 different flipping pictures, and we watch them all the time. We've accepted a whole lot of bad influences into our life. What she is trying to say is, it's time to start saying no to the things of the world. If we don't see anything wrong with this world and the things of this world, that means that we're in it. The more things that we see, if we're able to see that that picture was wrong, if we're able to hear that that word was wrong, mm -hmm. then it's not making it, it's not hitting us. And if we come out of a movie and we don't see anything wrong, <laughs> these days, if you didn't see anything wrong, you missed it. Exactly. So, because there was something <laughs> yeah. wrong. The question is whether you, you saw it or not. Right. So was there anything wrong in Top Gun? I you know how long the movie was? Two hours. Yeah, it was like two hours and 20 minutes. It's really long. Okay, so was there anything wrong in it? Everybody's afraid to say something. I can't I'd say that I remember anything wrong in it. All I know is I've heard some people don't like it because it's very patriotic. They don't want us to be patriotic. That's what I hear. Well, I, I didn't see anything wrong in it. I thought it was a good movie. There are very few movies I can say that about these days. I found one the other day by accident. Okay, so the question comes... What can we do, what she's really saying, what can we do to get closer to God? What can we do to come out of the world and get closer to Jesus? There are many things, but one of the things that I find that is a sure thing is going through and reading the Bible, memorizing the Word of God, spending time with the Lord, Praying, and by the way, that's mm -hmm. not just gimme, 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 gimme. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about worship. Worship God. And when I do that, it pulls me out of the world and gets me closer to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And there's some other things, too. Matter of fact, maybe it sounds like a pretty good sermon sometimes. <laughs> You're right ahead. Anyway, anything, anything else to add? Uh, you know, you were talking about the movies that, you know, there's not many of them out there. Believe it or not, we sat the other day. I have a, a new channel I ended on my Roku. And y'all are going to laugh, but it was one of the Tammy movies. And they talked a lot about God in that movie. And there was nothing else bad about it. You know, just the normal romance stuff. But it, was, it had a lot of God-centered stuff in it. And I was like, man, this is a great movie. We need to have that one for movie night. So I noticed that that's one of those sets of movies that has the good stuff in it. has the things in it that it's an okay to watch. It's not, you know, but you have to watch for the symbolism. That's the thing is there's lots of symbols and there are things in that are thrown in that you don't realize until those scales are gone off your eyes and then you start seeing them. They say, 
I'm trying to remember. I think it is cyanide that smells like apricots, I believe. I haven't smelled cyanide, but is, is that correct? Is it cyanide that smells like apricots? Okay, well, here's my point. If someone were to give you a cup of coffee, before they handed it to you, they took and did a full dip of cyanide or arsenic. No, it's arsenic. It's arsenic that smells like apricots, okay? And put that into your coffee and stirred that arsenic powder or cyanide, either one of them, a full teaspoon of it, stirred it up, you would probably notice it. Not very long, but you would notice it. But what if they just put a little pinch? Because I understand with cyanide or arsenic, that's all it takes is a little pinch. So sometimes the devil doesn't have to put a whole tablespoon or teaspoon. He doesn't have to give you a whole lot of evil because people would notice that. They would say, hey, wait a minute, I'm not going to do that. Instead, he gives just a little pinch, just a little bit of wrong that we will accept. Anyway, Lord, we, like she says, we ask people to uh, come and be a part of us, both physically and also online. And Lord, we also ask that you would help every one of us to remember to put on a full arm of God every day and to put aside evil in the world and the things that do so easily beset and run towards the cross in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Spirit of Prophecy Church. We're glad to see you all here. We're doing the announcements this morning. I've also done Sunday School. Please go back and watch it. You'll love it. Um, but we've got things we have to pray for today and things that we need to sign up for. Um, this is the fast and pray for Pastor Lou and Sunyi when they go to Cambodia. There are a few days left still open that you can fast and pray. And we please ask you, know, you to sign up for it. Some of us signed up for like the same day all the way through because I think they're going to be gone like a month, I believe. And so you want to sign up for that so we can do that. And then we have the lovely donut list. It's pretty full up until August. So if you want to sign up for August, that's great to bring donuts to church. You can bring fruit. You can bring bread. We're talking about bringing bread. And then, um, I don't know if we need that one or not. Yes, sir. I kind of like the idea of a bread sign-up list. Proposal here. So for us bread makers, we go back and we see sugar and we see white flour and we see that rolled and put in grease and cooked. That's what we see in a donut. And so a lot of us, especially older people, that have to watch our weight would really prefer something other than greasy, sugary. So I didn't know if you guys would like to get maybe a bread sign-up list to where we have something wholesome back there instead of junk food. Uh, <clears throat> so is that a good idea? Maybe also yes. have a bread? Yes, okay, okay. All right, well, I don't know. I mean, I made my jalapeno bread yesterday and I, I I didn't know, you know, if you guys like it or you want me to bring bread or if we need to have some kind of rotation basis. So if that's a yeah, good idea, how many like how many of you like to have a bread rotation? Okay, in there, okay. All right, so us, yeah. let's... let's uh, we'll get a list made up. Okay, let's get a yes, list sir. made up since everybody wants that. And uh, you don't have to use Joseph's Kitchen wheat. You don't have to. You don't have to. Of course, then... Maybe no one will eat them. No, no, no. <laughs> anyway, yeah, let, let's get a list. Go ahead. Good idea. And um, 
So, God, we just thank you so much today that you are worthy, Father. You are worthy of us coming in here and setting ourselves apart and worshiping you with all of our hearts, with everything that is within us. And, Father, I thank you for the assembly that is here today present with us, like-minded believers. And I, I just bless your name and thank you for those faithful followers of Christ online. And I thank you that we are one body, that we are one body in union and belief system to you. Lord, I, I uh, speak on the prayer needs of those in this assembly. Um, Father, Brother Willie was in the hospital this week, um, and he was told he has congestive heart failure. And he's even uh, with us today, and he's even having difficulty speaking. And so right now, Lord, we just touch and agree, and we say to his heart, we say that you come into alignment with God's word, Amen. that you function, that every vessel, that uh, the blood flow, the oxygen flow, that it all comes into alignment with the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross. God, I, I say to the spirit of infirmity, attacking him and levying uh, against him, get out in Jesus' name and go. Amen. He belongs to the Lord, and you have no right or authority to operate in his life further. And God, I just ask for your angels, for your presence, to lift up this family, to encourage them every step of the way that they reject every negative report. For we only accept the things that are of you, God. And Lord, for Paris, Lord, we plead the blood of Jesus Christ over her. And I thank you so much for her precious life, those 105 days in the NICU that you alone accomplished, God, because you are so great and mighty. And, Lord, we just say to the spirit of infirmity that is attacking her with um, the infection in her lungs, the, the, the diagnosis of uh, pneumonia and uh, upper respiratory illness, and we say, get out and leave in Jesus' name. Father, we, we speak clar clarity to her lungs, life to her lungs, to her cells. Um, uh, to her pulmonary system that she's able to take clean and deep breaths and that she does not need further hospital visits amen lord i pray for the people um, who are with us for anyone who has any sickness or disease um, i speak health and wellness to their life god I, I i thank you so much for the cloak of humility that you give us that we can actually humble ourselves and come to you and just acknowledge that we have needs that you are able to supply according to your riches and glory in christ jesus and i pray for those online um for those that have in their heart a nudge that they hear a voice um that they have a desire to be with this group and to be with these people here Lord, I ask that the doors are open, the, door, the pathway is open, and I ask that those people, that every provision, every need, everything that they need to accomplish that in, in the faith, that the faith would rise up in these people and that they are able to set aside the things of the world and just follow you, Jesus. And we ask for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, now it's time for <laughs> praise and worship. <laughs> we'll let Brandon have it. Oh, are we doing all? We forgot offering. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stan. I'll let you have it. Go ahead. I don't do it. <laughs> Go ahead. You handle it then. <laughs> there we go.
Good morning, morning. How's everybody? It's good to see these lovely faces in this packed house today. Um, offering. What is it? Personally, for me, it's an opportunity to show the Lord that I love him and that his kingdom comes first. Hallelujah. It's, it's a chance for us to, in, in Texas, we say put our money where our mouth is. So it's truly an opportunity to put him first. So through the prophetic act, we like to bring our money to the storehouse. We've got, um, we got the blue buckets here this morning. Uh, but also think about this too. When, when you give, you're, you're truly, in my opinion, you're investing in eternity. You know, we're going we're gonna to be before our Lord. And, and sometimes I just wonder if the conversation might not go such that, what did you do for the kingdom? What did you do for this place which you want to be? What have you done to, we can't earn salvation, but we, through works, we can fulfill some of the words that, that God has spoken. He uses us. We're his servants, right? So I don't want the question to be, what have you done? Have you given? Have you done this? Have you done that? And literally just have a blank stare on my face. I want to serve him. I want to invest in him. He is my retirement. He is what we're all about. So just remember that when we give through the prophetic act of coming up here, we are truly doing something that we, we we're called for. It's a part of, as being his servant, it's a part of who we are. It's what we are. It's, it's here. It's, it's just, it's a privilege. It's an honor. So come forth if you've got some, some giving. Down here, up here. Okay. <clears throat> One of the things about giving, what I hear in the spirit is how much do you believe me? How much do you believe me? Do you believe that I can open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there's not room enough for you to receive? Do you believe that I'm going to take care of you when you take care of me? Do you believe that when you take care of widows and orphans, when you take care of people in other countries, Honduras and places like that, when you want to see my word taken around the world, when you really believe, do you believe that there's going to come a time when I'm going to be able to take care of you? Amen. Because 
There are things in our life we can't touch. There are things in my life we can't fix. Like my oldest son, raised by his godless mom, to my knowledge, not been to church in years. When I sat in the restaurant next to my little grandson, who was about 10 years old, he didn't even know that I was a pastor. He didn't know what a pastor was. Hadn't been to church. So I had to quickly try to lead him to the Lord. Broke my heart. But I have a God that I talk to in my prayer closet Amen. that I know that answers me, Amen. guides me, directs me. And so I'm praying. I'm praying that God will send harvesters into that field where he will touch something that I can't fix. God can fix things in our life that we can't fix. He can cause doors to open we can't open. He can cause doors to close that we can't close. He can see to it that we are blessed, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I look at it like this. I don't give because I have to. I don't worship God because I have to. I worship God because I have to. I give because I have to. Correct. Because if I didn't worship him, the stones would cry out. If I didn't give to him, then I don't believe him. If I don't give to him, I don't love him. I love the things of this world. And the love of the Father is not in the people that just gave but more importantly, you saw their hearts. And Lord, I know that there was some widow's mites given. There were some people that gave out of their plenty, but there were some people that gave out of their need. However they gave, I know I can count on you that just and true are thy ways, thou King of God, King of saints. And so, Lord, we ask you to bless the people back. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we boldly come before your throne room of grace and mercy, full of praise and adoration for who you are. So, Father, I I call forth your blessing upon those with the true heart, the giving heart, the heart to fulfill your word. Father, it's truly not about us, and that's what their heart says. It's not about them. It's about you and being obedient. Father, I call forth your blessing upon them. I speak forth multiplication upon their finances for that obedience. We love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, it's time for praise and worship. Let's get up. I'm going to say a prayer. We're going to praise and worship the Lord today. (laughs) Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we love you, we love you, we love you. We love you. And we thank you so much for this time where we can truly, from our hearts, speak forth praise and worship unto your throne. May it be a sweet, sweet fragrance. May it be pleasing unto you. Holy Spirit, move as you will today. Father, we love you and thank you so much. In Jesus, the Christ's name, we pray. Amen. All right, here we go. All right, here we go. You're the only answer to the darkness. You're the only right among the wrong. 
You're the only hope among the chaos. You are the voice that calls me on. Louder than every light, my sword in every fight. The truth will chase away the night. Your name is power over darkness. Freedom for the captives. Mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle. Glory in the struggle. Mighty, it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Come on, get into it today. Open up your heart. Your name is power. I know it is written, hope is certain. I know that the word will never fail. I know that in every situation, you speak the power to breathe Louder than every light, my sword in every fight, the truth will chase away the night. Your name is power over darkness, freedom for the captives, mercy for the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle, mighty it won't let us down or fail us. Your name is power. Your name is power. When you speak, you scatter darkness. Light arrives in heaven open. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, the church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. When you speak, you scatter darkness. Light rise from heaven opens. Holy Spirit, let us hear it. When you speak, you church awakens. We believe the change is coming. Holy Spirit, let us see it. Your name is power over darkness. the broken and the hopeless. Your name is faithful in the battle, glory in the struggle. Mighty will let us down or fail Your name is power. Your name is
and kingdoms will bow down. Hallelujah, Lord. And every chain will break. His broken hearts declare his praise. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. He's roaring with power and fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that is slain. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. So open up the gates, make way before the King of Kings. Hallelujah, Lord. The God who comes to save is here to set the captives free. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? Our God is the Lion, the Lion of Judah. Roaring with power, fighting our battles, every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain for the sin of the world. His blood breaks the chains, every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Oh, every knee will bow. Hallelujah, Lord. We praise your holy name. Who can stop the Lord Almighty? 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 For who can stop the Lord? Our God is the Lion. The Lion of Judah, roaring with power, fighting our battles. Every knee will bow before Him. Our God is the Lamb, the Lamb that was slain. For the sin of the world, His blood breaks the chains. Every knee will bow before the Lion and the Lamb. Hallelujah, 
the splendor of a king. Clothed in majesty, and all the earth rejoice, all the earth rejoice. He wraps himself in light, and darkness tries to and trembles at his voice, and trembles at his voice. How great is our God, sing with me. How great is our God, all will see. How great, how great is our God. Beginning and the end, beginning and the end. The God that dreamed our Father, Spirit, Son, the Lion and the Lamb, the Lion and the Lamb. How great is our the name above all names. You are worthy of our praise. And my heart will sing how great, how great is our God. Hallelujah. You're the name above all Worthy of our praise, my heart will sing how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our God. All will how great, how great is our God. How great is our God. Sing with me. How great is our God. No, we'll see how great. How great is our God. 
No 
back home. If you have any sick person back home, anybody in the hospital, anywhere they are, the miracle of God, the hand of God is touching them right now. Amen. If you believe, just amen. say amen. 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 All right. <clears throat> Our Father, we lift up our pastor to you today. Lord, I just call forth your anointing from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. May every word that he speaks, may we have the ears to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying today. May we have full understanding of your wisdom and guidance through these times. We thank you again for our pastor and the beautiful message coming forth today. In Jesus' Amen. name. Amen. So, do you know why I start with these words, great and marvelous? See, in Revelation chapter 15, it says, One of the seven angels that had one of the seven vials coming to me and talking with me, saying, Come hither. I will show you the judgment of the great whore which sitteth upon the waters, with whom the kings of the earth have committed fornication. The inhabitants of the earth have made drunk from the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away into the wilderness. I saw a woman set upon a scarlet-colored beast full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. Now, what that's talking about is there's a coming world government, and the woman represents the church in general, specifically the Catholic church. And the woman is rayed with purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, meaning it's the church because it's purple, Scarlet, those are the colors of the priesthood. In her hand was a golden cup full of filthiness and fornication, and upon her forehead was a name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, Mother of Harlots and Abominations of the Earth. And I saw the woman drunken with the blood of the saints, with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. And I wondered with great admiration, and the angel said to me, Before death thou marvel, I will tell thee judgment of the woman. The mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her has seven heads and ten horns. That woman is going to kill a lot of Christians. Then it goes on to say, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy, for all nations shall come and worship before thee. And it says, when thy judgments are made manifest. It says, for thy judgments are made manifest. And then right after that, the seven vials are released. The seven vials are released over the last seven days. So it's saying, great and marvelous are thy works when you release judgment on the earth. 
we would like to think that judgment wouldn't have to come. But judgment must come. Because right now the church has lots of spots and wrinkles. But he's coming back for a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. Right? He's coming back for us. And now, sad to say, there's not going to be a pre-trib or a mid-trib or pre-breath rapture. There's not going to be a time when Jesus comes in the air and sucks all of the good people off the earth so they don't have to be tested. Everyone is tested. Jesus died for me. I think he paid too much for me. So I'm happy to give my life for him. I had a dream last night. And I think it confirms the message I'm going to be bringing this morning. I had a dream that I went up to get gas and my credit cards wouldn't work. Now that sounds real simple. But you cannot imagine the frustration in my dream when I pulled out a credit card and I put it in and it wouldn't clear. What do you think I did? Pulled another card. Okay, I've had that happen before. Another card. I tried all of the cards. None of them were working. Now, this is not part of the message. This is free. This is something else before we get there. This is an updated list of USA-based destroyed food manufacturing plants. Destroyed food manufacturing plants. Destroyed. Okay, in our 70 years since World War II, we haven't seen food processing plants destroyed. How many of them are there? Take just a second and look through that. Do you think that's an accident? Okay, what's going on? If it's not an accident, who's doing it? How do you explain that? Okay, look at the dates. So here, 4, 7, 8, 8, 7, 10, 11, 12. Okay, pretty much once a month. Accident? I think that they're using scalar wave. We're going to talk about that briefly. Is that a problem? Well, if you think that's a problem, how about this? Here's 10 more. Look at the dates. One, one, two, 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 two. You think that's a problem? Well, if you think that's a problem, look at this. Here's ten more. Look at the dates. Two, 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 three, 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 three. You think that's a problem? That's thirty of them. Think that's a problem? That's not a problem. This is the problem. Here's ten more. Look at the dates. Three, 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 three. How do you explain five million three hundred forty-seven chickens destroyed? One hundred forty-six, one hundred forty-seven thousand chickens, three hundred fifteen thousand chickens. Walmart distri food distribution center catches on fire. Turkeys destroyed on farms in South Dakota. Chickens destroyed. Fire. How do you explain that? Well, if you think that's bad, how about this? Here's ten more. Look at the dates. 
Someone is trying to kill us. You can look them up. Now, I haven't verified every one of those, but I've verified enough of them to know that the rest of them are probably true. Do you think that's a problem? Look at this. 418,000 chickens, 250,000 chickens, 300,000 turkeys, 126,000 turkeys, a million turkeys or chickens, 76,000. Think that's a problem? Think that's going to come biting you? If you think think that's a problem, what about this? There's more. Look at the dates, 444444. How do you get that many places destroyed all in the same month? Think that's a problem? If you think that's a problem, Stan, when's it going to end? I don't think it's going to. All of this, look here. Four, four, here's ten, here's six more or five more, all in the same month. That's 65 plants that make our food destroyed in the last four or five months. Accident? Well, probably tomorrow, which would be Tuesday's program for Prophecy Club, I'm going to be talking about this. See, because most Americans, we've had 70 years of uninterrupted blessings we go to the grocery store, and our question when we go to the grocery store is, can I remember everything I'm supposed to get? Our question is, for some of us, can I get all I need? Do I have enough money? That's a question. Is it on sale? We're surprised at all of the new products coming out, but we're not used to seeing empty shelves. Well, we got a little taste of it back in COVID, but that was nothing compared to what's coming. I have 14 different people that have dreams that said that there's a food shortage coming. One lady does a YouTube channel on uh, cooking. She says, I'm a normal person. You know, I have a dog, I have a couple of kids, a husband. I don't have dreams like this, but I had a dream. I heard a voice say, prepare, there's a food shortage coming. There. It's not coming, it's here. Remember I told you, some of you have been around a while, that there was seven years of plenty. Remember the two cows? Seven years of plenty, which would be followed by seven years of famine. And that seven years of famine has started September the 6th, 2021. They're trying to kill us. Listen to what I'm about to say. Something big is about to happen in America. Something not good, big is about to happen in America. I don't know when, but I can feel it in here. How many people can feel it? Okay, something big, something not good is about to happen. It's right around the corner. All right, now, let's get to the message. So, why do you give me the dream with me not being able to get my credit cards clearing? Because, Stan, you need to get new credit cards. He's saying that all of us need to get prepared for those kind of times. So if your credit cards would no longer clear, 
What does that mean? That means that probably the SWIFT system, the banking system, has gone down. So if the banking system goes down for a couple of days, are you okay? A couple of weeks, are you okay? A couple of months, are you okay? Do you have food? Do you have water? Do you have, how many of you have five gallons of gasoline at your house? You have it stored up, five gallons. How many of you have 10 gallons? How many of you have, see what I have? I have five, five gallons, so whatever that is, 25 gallons. Yeah, yeah, how many you got? There was a time when I had a 500 gallon tank. I don't have it now. How many of you have a generator? You got a generator? Yeah. Everyone's afraid to raise their hand. I don't want to let you know. I don't want to let you know. <laughs> How many have food? Now we got some hands going up. <laughs> I'm only saying God has warned us. Now for us that can have our eyes open, our ears on, and believe, I mean, most people are not going to believe until they go to the grocery store and they walk in thinking, okay, what's on sale? Just, just how, how good a deal can you offer me to get me to buy something today? And they walk in and they say, where's everything? You guys going out of business? Well, you don't have what I was looking for. I'm going to go to the other store right down the street. So we go to the next store, they walk in and... Are all of the stores going out of business? Well, this sort of looks like it. And someplace in there, the pre-tripper is going to say, wait a minute, we're supposed to be out of here by now. I mean, didn't God get the message? Can he see that this thing has happened? Someplace in there, they're going to have to get some rude awakening. Okay, so now let's get to the next part of the message. What were the causes of this? Various fires. What do you do with a million chickens dying? Okay, some of it was fire. Next question. Here's the thing. The authorities, when they investigate it, most of the causes are unknown. They don't know. Hey, next question. How many arrests? 65 different places all being destroyed in the last four or five months. How many arrests? How many do you think? How many arrests? I don't know. I didn't look it up, but my guess is zero. I think they use scalar wave, which can destroy anything in the air, on the ground, under the sea, any place they want to, any time they want to. They can destroy a flock of birds flying in midair. By the time they, before they land, they're dead with scalar wave. They believe it took out the shuttle. They believe it took out the Thresher submarine back in, what, 65? They believe it took out Gary Powers and the U-2 spy plane. Now, probably Tuesday's broadcast can be talking more about it, but that's not what I want to get to today. Instead, I want us to say, expect. Expect the unexpected. Who says be prepared? Whose motto is be prepared? 
Boy Scouts, right? We don't have any more Boy Scouts, right? Because we're afraid to get molested if we go into Boy Scouts anymore. I think God is saying we need to expect. We need to be prepared. Expect the unexpected. We need to be prepared. Well, we can't prepare for every eventuality. Well, I agree with that. But the Lord told Leslie to tell people that they do need to prepare. What kind of preparations? I'm not getting into that. I'm not even getting into the spiritual preparations. Instead, what, what I was led to talk on before I get to the message, this is all still before the message, is go through 2 Timothy. There's some important words here. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, but the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace. Now, what's grace mean? Grace means when you've done something, and you ought to be hit for it, and you didn't. How about mercy? Same thing. In other words, when you're done wrong, you're going to get hit for it. Grace, mercy, and peace. Well, we could do some grace, mercy, and peace in America today. From God the Father of Christ Jesus our Lord, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience. So we should serve with pure conscience. What's pure conscience? The Bible talks about it this way. We should be without blame, without fault. We should not be able to have anyone come to, I saw you in the dark. I saw what you did. I got this email, and that's the way it started. I want to let you know that your email has been hacked into, and your cameras, we've got the cameras, and we saw what you did. You can come into Leslie and I's house, and you can search through our computers. You can go check our bathrooms. You can check our medicine cabinets. We don't have anything to hide. So I just deleted and went on. I, like Leslie, once she says, and you better not run around on me. And I said, you know what? I'm not, not running around on you, not because I fear you, but because I fear him. Amen. I do things right, not because I'm a pastor, because I'm trying to impress you. Or I'm not trying to get by it because I don't want to get caught by Leslie. I do things right, not because I want to get, I don't want to get caught, just like Michelle said this morning. I do it right because I want to please my God. See, because I'm in a payback situation. He paid too much for me. He bought me for a price too high, and I'll spend the rest of my life trying to pay him back, and I won't be able to pay him back. So I try to do my very best, not because... I'm afraid someone's seeing me getting caught. I try to do my very best. I know he'll see me. I know I'll get caught. I'm trying to do it because I'm trying to please him. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with a pure conscience. Boy, we need that. That without ceasing, I have remembrance of thee in my prayers day and night, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwellest first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I have persuaded that 
in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance before thee, here comes an important point. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by putting on of my hands. Now, I don't think that I'm on the level of Apostle Paul. But I also don't think that was written in there by Paul just for Paul. I think that was written in there because he's saying to the apostles of the world that you should lay hands on the people to stir up the gifts within them. How many would like to have the gifts stirred up in you a little bit more this morning? Yes? Stir up the gifts. Double the gifts. So that's what I'm led to do at the end of this service, if you want to. I'll anoint you with oil, and I'll pray, lay hands on you, and pray that God will strip the gifts in you. Is that a good thing? It's always a good thing. Strip the gift of God which is you by putting on a hand. For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. That's a good memory verse. Especially since we live in 2022. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. So, be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord. Don't be ashamed of the testimony. You a Christian? Yes. As a matter of fact, we should be slightly insulted if they have to ask. Have to ask? Everybody that play racquetball knows the pastor. Now, I have to go around saying I'm pastor. They all know. I think they warn each other. <laughs> He's a pastor. Don't go cussing around him. <laughs> well, unfortunately, they haven't got that message. He said, let him win. They haven't got that message. Beat him. <laughs> they haven't got that message. Therefore, don't be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. What? No, 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 no. Get raptured out before any trouble. Why? Be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel. What? See, in America, we don't even know what that is. Afflictions of the gospel. But guess what? Come on. But you know what? We're not afraid of it. We don't have the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Kind of good message, huh? Good message for today. It's not giving us a spirit of fear, but we should be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Now, what does that mean? A holy calling. I remember when I first started getting close to the Lord, I prayed. And as I was praying, he showed me a vision. I wasn't asleep. And I saw like one of these, uh, these guys that works on heating units in your house, like a Linux guy, he was working on this heater and he turned to me like this. And I mean, I was shocked when he turned to me in his vision, I saw him. And he turned back and all of a sudden this heater just fell apart. 
Now, you might say, so what is that? Well, but see, instantly, I knew exactly what he was saying. The Linux man turning to me, saying, God has looked at me, saying what he spoke to my heart at the time, said, I'm going to call you. And then the, the heater falling apart, just like fell into a thousand pieces, said, your world that you're currently in, the old job, is going to fall apart. That's going to go away because I'm going to call your name. Guess what, Spirit of Prophecy Church? He's got your number. We're all called. Now, it may not be to a full-time position like Leslie and I, but we're all called. Because in the ball game of Christianity, no one sits on the bench. There is no bench. Everybody gets to play. Everybody has a job. Everyone in the kingdom is standing behind some kind of a pulpit. Preaching some kind of a message every day. We're all supposed to be serving. We're all, we're all serving. Not just Stan and Leslie. Not just Lou and Sunni. So we're supposed to be a partaker of the afflictions of the gospel, but we're not supposed to have a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Who has, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling? He's called us. Not according to our works. Not according to our works. In other words, not according to what we want, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. I would never thought God had me start Joseph Kitchen. I mean, Sean's saying, as I was up here on this stage and I was taping about how to make bread, he was chuckling. He said, Dad, I never thought I'd ever see Dad doing a cooking show. But God has us do things we never thought possible. I'd have never thought that I would have been president and CEO of an oil company with the vision to go over and find oil in Israel. And you may be saying, so why would God have a pastor in the DFW area, the Dallas, Texas area, to go to Israel to find massive amounts of oil to present to Israel? Well, maybe it's because the guy's a prophecy teacher and maybe it's because when he presents that oil to Israel, he's going to say, and this is the fulfillment of Moses when he stood in front of the burning bush, when God spoke audibly to him and said, get you up and sending you in land that flows with milk and honey. This is the fulfillment of that promise. And oh, by the way, Jesus is Lord and Savior. Our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began. See, because before the world began, your name was written in the book of life. And only you can take it out. But is now made manifest by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. So we're supposed to endure the afflictions of the gospel, which purifies us and cleans us. I would like to think we wouldn't have to go through any trouble. And by the way, the way you build a church, let me tell you how to build a church. And the reason I know how to build a church is because I can tell you all the ways that won't work. So here's the way that won't work. First of all, don't preach King James. Don't preach it if you want to build a church. Don't tell them that there's not a pre-trib. Tell them, oh, they have to worry. 
Preach smooth messages. Make them feel good. Because they come in so depressed. You've just got to make them feel good. Solve their problems for them. Or you can do what Stan Leslie does. Stands up and tells the truth. Nobody comes in. But the people that do come in, by golly, they are ready. They got their eyes open. They got their ears on. And they're looking for the devil so they can kick him in the name of Jesus. And they're not afraid of him. They can't wait till the trouble starts. I mean, in the flesh, we don't want the trouble to start. But on the other hand, we're saying, bring it on, bub. Bring it on, devil. We're ready. We're ready because we know that you've given us power over serpents and scorpions and all, all the power of the enemy. Nothing by any means shall hurt us. We know that what comes out of our mouth is done. Amen. And so, we're ready. Bring it on, devil. What are you going to do? Kill me? Give me a high resurrection? Give me more crowns? You can't threaten me. <clears throat> you can't buy me. You can't bribe me. That's what we're saying, right? You can't threaten me with my job. But it's now made manifest the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who has abolished death and brought hath hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel because we're willing to go through the afflictions because we know, do not have a spirit of fear. Amen. Whereunto I am appointed a preacher, an apostle, and teacher to the Gentiles, for of that which cause I also suffer these things. What? Is there not a pre-trib rapture or what? No, there's not a pre-trib rapture. They misunderstand, sad to say. I'm appointed a preacher. I also suffer these things. No, 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 no. Christians don't have to suffer anything. Well, why don't you tell that to millions and billions of Christians through the last 2,000 years? Nevertheless, I'm not ashamed, for I, I know whom I have believed. Okay, brothers and sisters, right there, we better grab those words. I know who I am a believer. So, when we find ourselves in a test... When we find ourselves in a temptation, when the devil is coming after us to take the mark of the beast, or to wear a mask, or to not go to the doctor because we don't wear a mask, or because we can't get on an airplane because we haven't had the, <clears throat> I can't even say it, we're not going to bend. We're not going to buckle. We're not going to compromise. We're willing to suffer things for the gospel. Because we know whom we have believed, and we are persuaded that he is able to keep that which he has committed unto us against that day. What's that day? He's able to see that when that last trumpet blows, when the heaven rolls back like a scroll, Jesus enters into time, eternity enters into time. We know when he blows that glory down, and as that glory hits us, boom, out of our belly flows rivers of living water, and instantly... Whether we're in the ground, whether we're behind him on a horse, or whether we're standing up, or whether we're in, the, in a bed with someone, or whether we're in the teal, field, whether two, field, two people are in the field, one is taken, the other is left. What's taken is not being sucked up into rapture, it's being burned, fall on the ground, pile of ashes and bones. See, they misunderstand. They twist the gospel because it fills the church, makes them look really good. 
So here's the way you build a church. Don't do what Stan and Leslie does. Pretty much whatever we do, do the opposite. <laughs> I think I'm kidding, but I'm not. Hold fast the form of sound words. Hold fast the form of sound words. Which you've heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. That good thing which was committed unto thee, keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. This thou knowest, that all they the which are in Asia be, be turned away from me, of whom are Phigilius and Hermogenes, and the Lord gave mercy to the house of Onesiphorus, for he ought refresh me and was not ashamed of my chain. Now what's he saying? What's he saying? He's saying that all of the people that are in Asia turned away from Paul. How many Christians do you find in Asia? Pretty much just none. I cannot tell you how many times it has broken Leslie and I's heart when we've had people come in, maybe even stay in the Spirit of Prophecy Church for years, and then one day leave. What happened to forgiveness? So Paul is saying, yeah, some people turned away from him too. But we have to stay the course. And I'm telling you that there will be a time you will lose friends over the name Jesus. You will be persecuted over the name Jesus. But we have to stay the course, my brothers and sisters. We have to stay the course. There ain't very many amens of this sermon this morning. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let that be a lesson to you. When you start your own church, don't do that. Trust me. It's the most difficult thing in my life I've ever done. <clears throat> don't do it our way. But when he was in Rome, he sought me out very diligently and found me. And the Lord granted him he may find mercy of the Lord in that day. And how many things he ministered unto me at Ephesus, thou knowest very well. Now, what he wants me to say Is something really big is coming. And I don't think it's good. I think it's something really big. I don't know when, but I can sense it. And I think that these days, even Christians, even people that are not studying prophecy, know that something really big is in the wind. And when it hits, we want to be prepared. And what I find helps me to be closer to, the God, to God is reading and studying my Bible, memorizing it, worshiping God. And I would say that when the spirit of fear comes in, when you start, I mean, there's, there's sometimes when I think, you know, don't you have anything positive to say, Stan? I heard uh, on, on a radio station say, well, we're positive and encouraging. And I thought, well, even Leslie said, well, you know, you need to be positive and encouraging every once in a while. And I said, I am positive. I'm positive that America is the mystery of Babylon, and I encourage you to stop sinning, repent, and turn to Jesus. I am positive and encouraging. Amen. This is not my home. I'm not trying to impress people by bringing them into this big, beautiful building. 
That was a joke. <laughs> well, compared to the buildings in other nations, this is a big, beautiful building. I mean, we have air conditioning. In Honduras, they didn't even have air conditioning. They didn't have windows. They just, yeah, just had a roof over the head. And they had to stand in the rain to hear the gospel. Right? They had to stand in the rain. And they stood in the rain. So this, that's, that's what's wrong. We need to get rid of the air conditioning, blow out the windows and doors. Maybe we need to move it into the parking lot and get some sprinklers spraying on people so that they'll come and hear the gospel. In the troubled head, <clears throat> which is about to be a food crisis, if you're not prepared, you're not listening to the Spirit. There's about to be a food shortage, a gasoline shortage, a diesel shortage. It's not just going to be just food. The whole system in America is shutting down, primarily because the Moloch and Baal worshipers, the 1% that own the 99%, are angry that they are being kicked out, that they are not getting their way, just like with Roe v. Wade. You know what Roe v. Wade really is? What it really is? It sacrifices. Sacrifices to Moloch. That's what they used to do when they built the big pyramids. What do you think they did up on top of those pyramids? They always had a flat surface up on top. That's where they sacrificed the babies. And sometimes not babies. Sacrifice people to their God, to Moloch and Baal. And in America, we do it <clears throat> by abortion. You'd think that people would be able to see when they're banging drums and they have signs with such filthy words on the signs that even Fox News can't even show the words on the sign. You'd think that that would kind of identify what group that is. But see, people in America have chosen not to follow the righteous way. They've chosen not to follow Jesus. To them, they hate Jesus. They hate the church and everything he stands for. So, rest assured, without getting into Bible prophecy, there's a time coming when there's a great test coming. A great test. And in that test, there's going to be a lot of people saved. Now, we can look at it in the negative way. Oh, no. You know, I, I like my restaurants. I like going to the grocery stores with, with things on the shelves. I like all that. I like it. Don't get me wrong. I like it, too. But I also understand as long as that's there, they don't need Jesus. They don't need church. I pulled out of my, my, my driveway this morning, and there was someone again walking their dog. Before I got to the end of the street, someone else walking their dog on a Sunday morning. The neighbor next door, <clears throat> I was all dressed up, tie on and everything, about ready to leave. And I walked my dog in the backyard, the neighbor next door, was out working in her, not a garden, but in the lawn, obviously not heading to church. And I thought, man, where's all those crowded freeways on a Sunday morning? It's only pastors that are out of, <laughs> out of, out of the freeways because they don't need God. Because right now there's food, they have air conditioning. They have a dry place to sleep. 
They have all of their natural needs are all met. So God, Jesus specifically, he's the righteous judge, has to send trouble to get them to wake up. I've said it before, I'll say it again. I remember in Omaha, Dan Bowler was speaking. We had 450 people at a prophecy club meeting. He started his meeting. He said, how many of you found Jesus? Can I see your hands? Of course, everybody in prophecy club meeting raised their hands. He said, no, you didn't. He said, he tackled you. He hogtied you, and he drug you into the kingdom. Now that you've had a minute to think about it, that's exactly right, isn't it? Everybody goes, yep, 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 yep. In other words, a lot of people found Jesus at a particularly low moment, either emotionally, financially, uh, health-wise. Something went wrong in their life, and they started saying, wait a minute. See, see, everything is going fine. There's no need to change. Not to worry. Jesus knows exactly what is needed. Now, here's our point. What we're doing here is getting ready. Not ready, just getting ready for ourselves spiritually and physically and getting prepared. But we're getting ready to minister to them. We're getting ready for the time where we're going to be able to give them an answer. How many pastors, this keeps coming to me to say, how many people do you know in the ministry that will even say they've had a dream or a vision of them speaking in a sports stadium? Yeah, right here, me. But then, how many pastors do you know that have been carrying Demetri Dudeman's message for 35 years? What I'm saying is, there's going to be a big change. There's going to be a big turn. There's something going to happen. I don't know what it is. I can give you a laundry list of possibilities. I don't know, but I can sense it in the spirit. There's about to be a big change. When that change comes... Our ministry begins. What is bad news for the world is going to be good news for the cross. So when everybody else is running around, there's no food, there's no water. I don't know what to do. There's no gasoline. My credit cards don't work. What do I do? The dollar's worthless. When they're running around like Chicken Little, we're going to be saying, okay, Here's the solution. We're going to see miracles, Chuck, like no one has seen. Going all the way back to to Adam and Eve. I don't know what those miracles are, but I look forward to them. I know in my heart and my spirit, I can feel it right now. God is going to be used. Here's what we're, we're going to start seeing dreams and visions in this congregation. But not just here. And not just America, but around the world. Dreams and visions and angel visits. In... <clears throat> In the last two years, really, I would say I kind of started when the pandemic. I would wash my mouth after saying that word. After the planned release of a. Anyway. <laughs> repulsive. And they think we're stupid. We believe it. Now, we know who you are, we got your number. I've never seen God talk as much as he's talked. I've never seen. We have 31 different dreams and visions and and angel visits talking about suitcase nukes, a warning, suitcase nukes in America. I've got 14 different ones 
saying that there's a food shortage coming. Lastly, Hesser 7, uh, newspaper headlines leading to the fall of America. Chris Reed has 10 newspaper headlines talking about the future coming, and they confirm what Leslie was shown. Almost, I have, I counted them up the other day, like 60 different emails daily in that kind of a ballpark. No, I'm not talking about to Stan. I'm talking about to Prophecy Club, information showing that we're in the last days. YouTube, one guy sent me 28. 28 different YouTube links. Oh, you got to watch this. <laughs> it's 90 minutes long. And you sent me 28 of them, okay? You got to watch it first and give me a time link and tell me what you want me to watch. I can't watch all this. It's like through the spirit of America, all of the watchmen have, have already woke up and they're getting a few of their buddies to wake up. Be nice when the pastors start waking up. By the way, I've not seen any pastors waking up. Amen. You know, If they ain't already been teaching Bible prophecy, they certainly haven't started here lately. But there's going to come a time <clears throat> when they're going to wake up. Sad to say, I think it's, uh, it's not, time's got to get a lot worse yet. But with the Moloch and Baal worshippers trying to kill us, there was 65, 65 different food processing plants that have been destroyed one way or the other in the last four or five months. 65? 65? A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny, and see thou hurt not the well in the wine. So I looked it up. Right now the price of wheat is two measures of wheat three, for three measures of barley. So what that's saying is in the third seal, when it says there's one measure of wheat for three measures of barley, what that's saying is the price of wheat will go through the roof. Guess what's happening? Price of wheat has doubled, and it's about to double again. I emailed the people at Joseph Kitchen. You know, I don't work for Joseph Kitchen, right? I emailed them and I said, I'm getting it again. This just last night. I said, I'm getting it again. I said, in here, I'm telling you, that warehouse got to be filled with wheat. Do not, they've got agreements with the farmers out in western Kansas. They'll bring us the wheat. They've got their own trucks. They'll bring us the wheat whenever we want it. We bought so much wheat. I said, in the warehouse. In the warehouse. Because Union Pacific has now refused to start. And by the way, guess who owns Union Pacific? Moloch and Ball. They refused to start transporting DEF. What's DEF? Diesel emission fluid. Which they pass laws that says the diesel, the 18-wheelers, must put it in their fuel. And CF Industries that makes the DEF fluid now says they can't transport it because Union Pacific won't transport it. And guess who owns CF Industries? Mulligan and Ball. Guess who owns Fox News? Mulligan and Ball. Guess who owns just about everything out there? Mulligan and Ball. So it's pretty easy for them to shut down everything that we live on. Food, gas, diesel, electricity, 
So if they want to start shutting us down, they control it all. A group of run around a million people control the world. And they're shutting it down. But Christians are not going to have a spirit of fear. Instead, we're going to be ready because a lot of earplugs are about to start coming out. Well, wait a minute. Hadn't you been talking to me about this? You, you've been trying to tell me about it. Now, what's going on? Okay, tell me again. I remember that day, December 22nd, 1989. About 8.30 in the morning, I was still in my bed. <clears throat> Came on CNN, back when I used to watch CNN, 1989. CNN, Ceausescu's been shot. Romania's having a revolution. I sat up in bed and I thought, wow. Man, it's happened already. I mean, I knew it was going to happen. Really? So I'm watching. Romania's having a revolution. Well, why that's important is because about 18 months before, Dmitry Dudeman told me that the angel told him that before the trouble comes to America, his country, Romania, would have an internal revolution. So I'm sitting here watching this on CNN. The phone rings. My mom calling long distance from Texas. You watching CNN? Yes. Uh, about the Romanian Revolution. Yes. Didn't you tell me that was going to happen? I said, yes, I did. So then she says, okay, tell me again. What else did you say? I walked in that afternoon. Elsie is the secretary, the place I was working at the time. She said, uh, you've been reading the newspapers. I said, no, I, watched I feel like I need to wash my mouth out when I say that. The Communist News Network. <clears throat> Thank you for the laugh, but we all know it's true. <laughs> no, I watched CNN from my news. Why? She says, well, have you heard that Romania is having a revolution? I said, yes. She said, didn't you tell me that was going to happen? I said, yes. She says, okay, tell me again. What else did you say? Well, it wasn't me that said it, but here's what the prophecy is. I'm telling you, those kind of days... Justin, you said, do you think, I started to say the word, do you think DJT is going to be in office before the end of, about, by, the, by the end of 2024? Yeah. And I said, no, I think he's going to be in the office before the end of 2022. Yeah. Good possibility, I don't know that for sure. But when that happens, can you imagine what's going to happen? There's a lot of people that don't think they need Jesus don't need that Bible, don't need that church, and they're about to have their world shaken. And when it starts shaking, we're going to point them to the cross and say, there's your solution. So, Spirit of Prophecy Church, are you ready to be able to lead people to the Lord? Are you ready to start taking their hands and saying, pray with me? Are you ready? Oh, so your leg got blown off? Oh, so you got shot? Oh, so your house got blown up? Oh, I've got a God in heaven that can fix it with great miracles, sevenfold miracles, miracles, miracles like we've never seen. And we're going to be there with that power. Praise God. Right. Not a joke. We're not entertaining here. We're going to point them to Jesus. It's going to be more, by the way, under that kind of trouble, when they prayed that prayer, 
you'll see tears running down, and you'll see a change in their heart. They will wake up a different person when they've, when they've truly asked Jesus into their heart. It's a change. Nobody has to tell them. It's a change. Big change. And we're going to be ready. We're going to be ready for that moment to point them to Jesus. So, here's what I want to do. We've got two minutes left, so in two minutes, I'm going to, no, no, I'm not going to. But if you want me to lay hands on you to stir up the gifts, what I'll ask you to do in just a second, we'll, we'll uh, expire the online audience here. And just, expire, that's maybe not the right word. <laughs> expire. Another <laughs> uh, right word. We'll, we'll turn off the cameras because it won't mean a whole lot to them. But I do want to pray for the online audience, pray for you. But then uh, I'll lay hands on everybody that wants me to lay hands on them to strip the gifts. Strip the gifts. Now, what are the gifts? Well, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. It's also the gifts of like prophecy and uh, miracles. What, what are the nine gifts? There's nine gifts. There are nine fruits, nine gifts. Can somebody rattle off the nine gifts? I'll give you the nine fruits. I can't give you the nine gifts. Okay, I think, yeah, we got two or three of them there. <laughs> well, God knows. We'll pray for them. Anyway, let me pray for the people online <clears throat> and the people here, too. Dear Heavenly Father, first of all, we want to say we accept the blood, we accept the sacrifice of your son, Yeshua, Jesus, the Christ, Messiah. We accept that. And we also accept the calling that you have washed us off, and now you're sending us back into the mud of the world to bring more fish out of that dirty, filthy sea. And we ask for these gifts that you've given us to be stirred up, and if we haven't been given the gifts, we ask to be given those gifts. We ask that you would give us all that is needed for us to do what you called us to do. We want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We want to hear that. We want to serve. And Lord, as I lay hands on the people in the audience, I also ask that you lay hands on people that watch this, even if they're watching this years later that you would stir up the gifts in them. Just like the centurion said, I'm not worthy for you to come under my house. Speak the word. My servant will be healed. So in the name of Jesus, I speak the word. I speak the word to the online people in the future, and I speak the word to the people in the room that will get the hands laid on them. I speak the word that you stir up the spiritual gifts in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Also, if you want to become a member, go to prophecyclub.com or spiritualprophecychurch.com. Slide down and click, I want to become a member. Why? Because you want to join. You want to be a part of it. Also, if you'd like to give, if you're online, you scroll down to that blue line, you click on that blue line, that blue line takes you over to a place where you can give. Well, why do you want to give? Because you're not giving to me, you're giving to the cross. You're giving to someone that is watching and knowing everything and it's the best place to put your money. It's the best investment right there. You want a good investment? Invest in the cross. 
in Jesus' name. And so, goodbye online audience. If you want me to lay hands on you, then let's have...